0: Welcome to another Solid Rock Church podcast by Bishop Larry Ragland, Senior Pastor of Solid Rock Church. For more information and content, please visit SolidRockChurch.com. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and you have a blessed day. I'm going to hit it. Y'all ready? I'm about to hit this thing. Here it goes. I ain't playing with y'all. I ain't got time to set this thing up. I just got some stuff I need to say. I'm, I, I'm sick of people telling me when it comes time to politics, it's the economy, stupid. I understand what they mean. Let me tell you what it is to the believer. It ain't the economy of the world. It's the economy of the kingdom, stupid. I mean, not stupid, godly person. Huh? Huh? Oh, I know why they say that, because people vote the economy. They vote their pocketbooks. They vote their wallets. I understand what they're saying, but do you understand? I'm not talking about the natural. I'm talking about who are we in the spiritual. My job is not to try to mold you in the natural. That's between you and God. How you dress is between you and God. How you act, what goes on in your house is between you and God. I got enough going on in my own house to worry about what's going on in your house. But let me tell you something I am going to worry about what goes on in this house. I might not be the daddy of your house, but I am the daddy of this one. So when this pulpit, when I step in this holy place, this this honored place called the pulpit of God, I'm gonna make sure that I speak what God says, not what man says. You better know the economy right now is shaky at best. Who knows what's about to happen in October and November? If you don't understand that there are forces in play that have things lined up, that they're about to reveal, not just because of political parties, but to bring chaos to a nation and to a world so that ultimately, can I just tell it like it is, so that ultimately when the dust settles, your allegiance and your honor that you give is to Caesar and not to God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I said it. I'll find out whose kingdom who shows up next week. After hearing what I got to say today, I'll find out if I'm really your pastor. Jobs are being replaced, downsized. Robots are doing the job of humans. While we get all excited about and think it's the coolest thing because I love technology, while we're getting all excited watching a robot take your order at McDonald's, thinking it's the coolest thing and we're sharing that video and it's getting millions and millions of views. Here's how, can I just tell like it is how ignorant we are. We're literally sharing and celebrating our unemployment. Yeah. Yeah. Because if, I, if, I, if a robot can make a hamburger, he could probably do, do most of the jobs eventually. That's being done around it. So what I'm trying to say is this. You better find another source. Huh? You you better know where your blessings come from. Now we thank God for our jobs. But to a kingdom person, they understand, I got that job because of God. Huh? Huh? You'll know know a person if they believe their job is from God or not at offering time. Do they tithe? Because if you don't tithe, you believe that job, is you only got that job because you did it. And 100% of that check belongs to you. Well... If you believe the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, if you truly believe that God is your source, then you'll understand the word of God says, I could keep a hundred if I wanted to, but I just told you, give me 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got five people telling me to preach. They're telling us. You're used to it. Many of you who worked at a job in an office ain't been back to the office since. You're still working from home. While things open up, you're still working from home. Can I give you a revelation? You probably already got this revelation, but if you ain't got it yet, many of you ain't never going back. Not meaning you're going to lose your job. Hope you don't. But I'm talking about, let's look at common sense. If a company is paying $10 million a year, to pay for a high-rise, sky-rise building in downtown Birmingham and they're getting the same amount of work done and you ain't even got to come in there and they ain't got to pay for the air condition, they ain't got to pay for rent. Let's just let's just be real here. They're not every one of them, but some of them is going to be able to. Well, why would I want to go back to that when I could? all my people could still do their job from home? Let me tell you, things are changing. You better know it. And I'm not trying to get too conspiracy-laden by this statement. But this was all planned. Because there has to be a system in place where you can't buy or sell. Y'all been watching the teaching on Revelation that I've been doing on Wednesday night? There had to be a system, but not just a system. There had to be a mentality to accept that system. I mean, you ain't going to be able, in a world that's got the Perry stones of the world and all the people that's been preaching on this for you, you ain't going to be able to just show up out of nowhere and try to put a mark on somebody. You've got to play the long game. You've got to start with things and chip away and chip away and make people think it's the greatest thing that's ever happened until one day it's there and our minds are there. Oh, I'm preaching good. They tell you to get used to it. It's a new normal. Many businesses that were thriving are now gone forever. They're gone forever. People who have worked their whole lives building restaurants, different kinds of services that have been shut down, have done everything they can do to survive, and now they're finally being told they can open back up And they can only eat outside. Spread out outside. But now watch this. Y'all know what month it is, right? Blink your eyes and it's going to be cold in Alabama. And people are going to have a hard time sitting outside eating. Can I just be real? Listen, I done got shut down by Google. I may get shut down by Facebook today. Jobs that were labeled essential are no longer labeled essential. Oh, and by the way, not just jobs, but organization. Because when the columns were made of essential and non-essential, one of the quickest columns that got thrown into non-essential is where you're at right now. Walmart was essential. Lowe's was essential. If you didn't think Lowe's was essential, you didn't go to Lowe's during the pandemic lockdown. I had to park at, at, at Applebee's to get in Lowe's. And I'm thinking, well, I think everybody just realized what a blessing this was and just went ahead and worked on the honeydew list while they could. Some of you ladies got stuff done in those nine weeks you've been trying to get your husband to do for nine years. My preaching right? Say amen. Some of y'all had bumper stickers on your car. Well, good news, I'm essential. I saw them everywhere. Meaning, you still got to go to work while everybody else is getting paid to stay home. Oh, this is good preaching right here. I'm almost through with my introduction. People, then... And especially now, are being programmed and made to come out of this to rely on the government more than they ever have. Some of y'all still praying and pleading the blood of Jesus for one more stimulus check. Huh? Huh? One more. Y'all so mad because they can't get together on one more. And you think one more stimulus check going to save you. I know what you're thinking. you thinking Black Friday's coming. You need one more stimulus check so you can buy that TV you've been wanting forever. It ain't the government's job to buy you a TV to watch the Super Bowl. Well... You better learn how to get a new source. This new normal needs to be a new source. You better understand this statement that you've heard me say a hundred times before. Make it hundred and one. Favor is better than money. You better get the understanding of favor. Huh? You better understand that if you don't live in favor, many of us ain't going to make it if we don't understand favor. Because favor supersedes the economy of the natural. It it functions by the kingdom economy. Let me tell you something about favor. Psalm chapter 30 verse 5 says this. For his anger is but for a moment, but his favor is for life. Oh, come on somebody. The judgment may come, but God don't want to keep judgment on his people. He wants favor on his people. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I can't even read that scripture without saying, but joy comes in the morning. Oh yeah, I know it's tough. You're crying yourself to sleep at night, but as sure as the moon comes up and the sun went down, it's coming up the next day, praise God. And when it comes up, The Bible says his mercies are renewed every day. Glory to God. Somebody shout, I'm going to live in favor. Somebody shout, I know who my source is. You know why this world is in such upheaval? On who's going to be president? It's because we have been programmed for generations to believe that the president is our source. Oh, I wish I had some help in here. We've been programmed that the government is our source. We've been programmed that a particular po- po- political party is our source. And it is any wonder that the government is getting stronger and the church is getting weaker. But there's a flip happening right now. Come on, somebody. In the last days, there is a remnant rising up and saying, guess what? Whoever wins, wins. That don't change who my source is. Whoever. Oh! Whoa, CNN is not my source. Fox News is not my source. Social media is not my source. Twitter is not my source. Facebook is not my source. YouTube is not my source. I'm gonna tell you, my source existed before social media, before the president, before the United States of America. My source existed before the Garden of Eden. Baby, I know who my source is. I've preached preached through Republican administrations. I've preached through Democrat administrations. I've preached through scandals. I've preached through lies. I'm telling you, I've pastored churches through every administration. And you know what I found? They come and go, but God never changes. Oh, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You better get that revelation. You better get that revelation. Woo! Most of us want favor in our lives. But do we really know what brings favor in our lives? Have we prepared ourselves for favor? Have we created a receptive spirit about us for favor? Would we even know it if it slapped us upside the head? Because sometimes favor don't look like favor. Sometimes favor manifests itself by somebody unfriending you on Facebook. You don't got upset because somebody unfriended you, but you don't realize that God just did you a favor, huh? Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. Y'all are hearing me. Some of y'all are upset with God because you lost your job, but if you, you don't understand favor because if you understand favor and you're a kingdom man or a kingdom one, you stand still to see the salvation of the Lord and you trust and believe that God had to do this in order for me to get something better. Oh, I can't tell you the times I've heard people say, oh, i tell you one thing. I look back down, I see what God was doing. I appreciate that. That's just human nature. I'm talking about a generation that walks in favor, everyday favor. That when something happens, good, bad, or ugly, you know that God's got you. Somebody shout, God's got me. I tell you, I think I will. I think I will preach, sister. I think I just might preach. I love it when y'all shout preach, y'all. Y'all don't know. That's like pouring gasoline on a fire. That's like telling a dog, shake him. Get him, boy. See, if you're not careful, and don't take this the wrong way, you will grow old spiritually. Now listen to me. What I mean by that is this. Some of y'all have been serving God so long you done forgot how excited you were when you first got saved. When you first were born again, I'm telling you right now, it did not matter who was doing what in the world. You're going to tell people about Jesus. Praise God. You're going to read your Bible. You're going to pray. Come on, you're watching what you watch on TV. You're making sure you listen to worship music. You're making sure your family is praying over their food. Come on, somebody. You're taking your kids and kneeling them down by the bed, saying their prayers at night. I'm telling you, you believed God had you. In fact, if you, no matter what happened in your life, all you cared about was that your name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life. But then what happened to you is what happens to most church people you started hanging around church people. I don't mean this to be mean, but one of the worst things that can happen to somebody usually when they're born again is start hanging out with church folk. Church folk will suck the life out of you. They'll tell you stuff like this based on their own experience. Well, brother, well, sister, you may have to tarry for about 20 years like I did. And you're so young in the faith, you're like, 20 years, I'm believing God for it to happen this week. And you would be like, well, you know, you'll learn. That's exciting. I mean, when I first got called to preach, I remember this. I, the way I preach now, I, pre- I still preach just like this 30 years ago, but I was probably a little bit wilder than I am now. I used to swing from the chandeliers and sling water on people and run the back of the pews. Wait a minute, I still do that. I still do that. That's right. I did that just recently. But I remember, I remember this preacher one time putting his arm around me, saying, "Son, you're gonna have to slow down." I'll never forget it. I was like in my 20s, my mid 20s, or almost 30. You're gonna have to slow down. You keep this. What he told me: You keep going at this pace, you're gonna kill yourself. You're gonna have to. You got. You got to pace yourself. This is a marathon, man. This is not a sprint. I'm 52 years old, man. I'm still running. Come on. I can run through a troop, leap over a wall, baby. Don't let yourself get old. Because when you get old, you start talking about how it used to be, and you start accepting things the way they are now. You hear people, that used to work their tails off, build things in their hands, and because we get old, man, getting old stinks. Can I get an amen to my old folks? Praise God. Get, it stinks sometimes because the joints start hurting and the knees don't work like they used to and all this kind of stuff. So we start saying things like this. Well, I just got to understand. I'm old. Therefore, I'm not going to be able to do the things that I used to do. And we start, can I just tell the truth? We start preparing for the, for the day that we can't even get up out of the chair 20 years before we get there about the things we say but I'm gonna tell you something you wanna look at an example of somebody that's getting old in the, in the physical but's getting younger by the day stand up Mac Daddy stand up Mac Daddy y'all turn around and look at Mac Daddy Mac Daddy he is the role model baby here, go get him, go get him, Mac Daddy, go get him. Come on, come on. Let's me and you do it. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Come on, come on, come on. I ain't, I ain't slowing down. I ain't slowing down. I ain't slowing down. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I ain't old, I'm young. I ain't old, I'm young. Come on, pass me, sir. I'm following you. I'm following you. I'm following you, sir. I'm following you. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Now hold up, hold up, hold up. Wait a minute, he's going again, he's going again. Mac daddy, how young are you? 83. 83 years old. He ain't even breathing heavy, now I am. Out at that yard sale, he's picking up couches. I, 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 I found myself saying, Brother Mac, don't, don't hurt yourself. He's picking them things up. I'm hurting myself. My arm, I can't hurt do My arm is, he's like, you got it? You got it, Pastor? You okay? <laughs> 83-year-old brother, look at me. You got it, Pastor? You okay? I'm good, I'm good. Thank you for asking. <laughs> Let me tell you what keeps him young. Not just the fact that he gets up and exercises and makes him, works that body. But it is his spirit, y'all. If you knew Matthew, you'd understand. He understands the mercies of God are new every day. He understands it. And I'm going to tell you something. I don't mean this to be demeaning, but if there's anybody in this house that has a right to be bitter, that has a right to be angry, that has a right to hate the world in which he lives in. If you only knew what this man and his family had gone through, you can only imagine. He's 83 years old. You can imagine what he's lived through. But there ain't another man on this earth that loves me as much as that man loves me, and he knows how much I love him. He'll grab me and hug me and pray for me, call me in the middle of the day and speak words into my life. We have the answer. To what is going on? But are you willing to walk in it? Whew. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Old men shall dream of a better day. Young men will see that better day, and they're going to come together. One is a former rain, and one is a ladder. Expectation. The attitude of expectancy. The breeding ground of miracles. Say it. The attitude of expectancy is the breeding ground of miracles. You know why many of you are not seeing miracles? You're not expecting miracles. The reason you're not walking in favor is you're not expecting favor. Am I? Do I do it every day? Like I should know. Be alive for me to go up and say that I'm always at the right mindset. But most of the days, my wife will tell you, I try to be positive. I try to look at things with greatness. I try to look at it saying, this is going to be an amazing day. There's something, there's something out here today that is God's favor has for me. I try to do it every day. No matter what I see on the news, I say, oh, yeah, I hear what they're saying. But uh, I see this because this is what God says. Do you know what makes Christmas, especially when you were a child? I know it's, it's going to be a little different Christmas this year to some extent. But when we were kids, especially before social media and all this, my age maybe even younger than me, you'll remember this. The thing that made Christmas morning so special was not even really Christmas morning. It was the expectation of Christmas coming. Amen. Are y'all hearing me? It was, it's coming. It's coming. Now, I'm really going to date myself on this one. Y'all remember the Sears catalog? Before we had anything else to look at, we just lay on the floor, just take a marker and circle things and dream. Y'all remember that? Oh, we tear out pages and strategically place it where you, where you knew your mama was gonna be. But it was that expectation. It's coming. It's coming. We put X's on the counter. It's coming. It's coming. Where is the expectation? of the body of Christ. That what he said was going to happen in the final generation is going to happen. Where is the where is the generation that's looking for him? Huh? I remember when I was a kid, I was I was that generation was looking for him so much and was preached so much to be looking for him. I remember I was always looking up at the clouds as a kid going to church and I'd see clouds sometimes that sort of looked like Jesus. Or a horse or somebody like something that's in the Bible and I just look up, oh God, there he comes. I mean because I was taught I remember some of y'all y'all went through this. I remember one day my little house in Warrior, Alabama I don't know what happened. I can't remember exactly how it was set up. But my mama was in there, my brother was in there, and my cousins were in there. And I went into the, to another room and came back, and they were all gone. And there was boiling water on the stove, and the screen door was shut. Everything, everybody was gone. I, y'all know where I'm going. I mean, I remember like yesterday. I fell in the kitchen and started crying out, God, I missed it. I'm so sorry. Please come get me. I thought the rapture had happened. And everybody left except me. I'm, I'm screaming, crying. Next day I hear the screen door slams. And my was running. What's wrong, boy? I had to go out to Nancy's house for a minute. You okay? Oh, mama, you're still here. But the reason that was so real to me is I had an expectation that Jesus is coming. People are not preaching that anymore. So therefore, we're being desensitized to that. And when it does come, many, many are going to miss it. <sighs> That's the ultimate goal of what's happening right now. I'm, I'm, y'all know I've said this. I'm going to say it again. The virus is real. I'm not saying it's a hoax. I'm not saying that it should not be taken seriously. I'm, I know that it is real, okay, If you don't believe it's real and it's a hoax, believe whatever you want to believe. But I know that it's real. I know people who's had the virus. I know people who've suffered with the virus, been in the hospital with the virus. But you need to understand this too. It is a tool that is being used by people who do not believe the way you believe. And they are trying to use it to chip away at freedom. I'm not talking about in the country. I'm talking about in this house. Because the ultimate goal is not necessarily even control out there. It's control of this house. Because if you shut the house of God up, there is no opposition to the plan of the devil. You shut the preacher up. You intimidate the preacher and stop him from preaching the gospel. There is no voice speaking against Satan anymore. You think the politicians on either side of the, of the political aisle is going to speak against the devil on, on, on the screen? No, they're not, because their ultimate goal has nothing to do with that. Their ultimate goal has everything to do with making what they do be your source. Both sides. This ain't no no one-side thing. People have now let that attitude spill into the church. They're getting mad at the least little thing. Their expectation is wrong. They come in. Sound system messes up. Well, that was a distraction to me. It's too cold in that church. Too hot in that church. Music's too loud. Preacher, long-winded. Not in this church, I know. (laughs) See, these are not the thoughts of someone expecting good and expecting favor. Sound system goes out, microphone breaks down. Favor-filled expectation people. We'll shout without a sound system. You think you're uncomfortable temperature-wise? You should have been at the hay barn. Delane did that because he remembers it very well. Because we were so excited to get in the hay barn as our church, I didn't wait until the thing was finished. We moved in it before we even had a ceiling. So if you ain't got a ceiling, you ain't got an air conditioning. It was July. Tin roof, no insulation, no ceiling, open rafters, concrete floor, no carpet, metal chairs, and about 45 people dancing. So hard they's about to fall out, and I'm in a full suit, jacket, suit, pants, and a tie. Am I right? It was, we measured it one time on the stage. It was like 112. And I'm telling you, when I got through some Sundays, I was so physically exhausted the moment the anointing would drop off of me. I would collapse on the floor. Men would have to literally physically pick me up, two men, head and legs, and carry me out the back of the church, lay me on the front porch with a fan on me so that I could come back. I was gone. I would take my shoes off when I'd go home, and my socks from top all the way down was like a dish rag. I could take my sock, going to gross y'all out, and I could wring sweat out of my socks. Every part of my body was completely soaked, but nobody complained. Nobody complained. In fact, we had some of the most powerful services I've ever been a part of in my life because people were not coming for comfort. We've created people who are looking for comfort. Before we can ever get them to the point that I've got you now, we've got to bring them through coffee. We've got to bring them through donuts. We've got to bring them through a smoke machine. We've got to bring them through an LED light show that rivals a Van Halen concert. Come on, somebody. We've got to bring them through all that. Just so we can keep them, and oh, by the way, we got to do all that in in less than thirty minutes. And the preacher better not preach over twenty minutes, and the whole service better not be more than sixty to sixty-five, maybe maximum seventy minutes, or we're not going to be able to keep them even calling themselves a Christian, let alone saved. Amen. The shoe fits, wear it, lace it up, rub duct tape all around it, dip it in cement. 1139, for all those that need to know. His anger is for a moment, but his favor is for life. If I'm breathing, he's my source. If I'm breathing, I got favor. When hard times come and I cry, it may, it may go more than one night. It may go nights and nights and weeks and weeks. But every night I go to bed, I know Joy is coming in the morning. Get this in your spirit. Favor is from the kingdom of God alone. You need to know who your source is. Your source does not change hands when your job changes. Your source is your source. Period. Period. Favor is not salvation. Please understand me. There are people who are saved who do not live under the favor of God. That is the grace of God. We know the definition of grace is unmerited favor. We understand that. It's the technical theological definition. But the favor of God is the blessings of God. The head and not the tail, blessing. Above and not beneath, blessing. Bless going in and bless coming out, blessing. Favor doesn't rest on a nation just because they call themselves a Christian nation. You can call yourself Christian, you can call yourself a, you know, I always mess up my jokes. I was about to say something that I've heard a hundred times and I should know it by now. It goes something like, you know, you can park your car somewhere you don't make your a garage. How does that go? What, how does that one go? Something, I don't know. doesn't make you a car. Thank you. Just because you're sitting in the garage doesn't make you a car. I'll take that. Okay? So, what I'm trying to say to you is this. A Christian Ultimately, the greatest favor that's ever on their life is knowing that their name's written in the Lamb's book of life. You can't earn that. But I'm talking about the blessings of God. An attitude of expectancy is what brings the favor. There are people that are Christians, I believe with all my heart are Christians, but do not believe that God still heals. Well, if you don't believe that God still heals, chances are you're never probably going to experience a healing. Not to say you never would, but maybe sometimes God will do that to show you. But most of the times, if you don't believe in healing, and you don't believe that God still heals, more than likely you're not going to receive a healing. Am I right? There are those that say that what we believe in the gifts of the Spirit is no longer of God and died off with the apostles. Well, if you don't believe in speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, and all the nine gifts of the Spirit, and the moving of the Holy Ghost the way we believe, then probably chances are it's probably never going to happen in your church. But when you expect them to happen in your church, they happen because they're in the Bible. Now, let me tell you something about God. I'm going to close with this one. And you need to say this one out loud. Because some of you want God to be enough for your life. I want you to say this and stay with me. I'm not asking you to say something that's heresy. Trust me. It's biblical. Say this. God. God. No, say it this way. My God God. is not enough. My My God is more than enough. Oh, come on. See, that's favor. Favor is not that he's enough. Favor is that he's more than enough. If all you're ever wanting God to be is enough, you are selfish. Because if he only does what you need, you have nothing to be a blessing to to someone else. Huh? Huh? Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. You can't be a sower of seed because you ain't got no seed to sow. Every seed you got is just enough so that you can survive. I don't want a God that's just enough. I want my cup to run over so that anytime anybody gets around me, what's on me gets on them. That's what favor is. Stop asking God to pay your bills. Stop asking God, well, God, if you'll just pay my power bill, I'll give you praise. If you expect favor, you know God's going to take care of that power bill. Oh, by the way, you may have to go work a job for him to do it. Sorry for that revelation. You may have to get off the couch, put the Doritos and the little Debbies down and go get a job. Don't you love church? Now listen. My God is more than enough. I heard a preacher years ago give this illustration, and I'm closing. That stuck with me. He says, when we got kids, he's talking about his kid. He said, I'll never never forget, you you know, when you got little kids, and they're just getting to that place where they're walking around really good, running all over the house, and they're jibber-jabbing, talking and all this, and they're always sort of putting on a show for you. And, and that's fine as long as you can hear them breaking things and pulling things off. You can sit there and watch uh, something on TV, and you're good. But when everything gets quiet, you know what I'm talking about? Where you, All of a sudden, you realize, no, wait a minute. I ain't heard nothing breaking in about five minutes. huh? And you just start saying to yourself, something ain't right. And you start searching the house, looking for them, because you know they into something. And they're into deep concentration, into whatever they're tearing up. And you say, everything got quiet. And isn't it amazing, uh, there's something that is interfering. It literally, at 1145, I watched that clock, between 1145 and 12, every week, that's when it happens. There's some kind of radio interference that's being sent out at this exact time. It's crazy. So y'all just bear with me. If I thump, 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 don't let it bother because I ain't got no backup mic. So watch this. He said, everything got quiet. I started searching for my son, and I went in and I found my son sitting at the bottom of the fridge. <laughs> he had the milk jug out. He didn't figure out how to get the milk jug out. And he had a cup that he had somehow, his little sippy cup, tore the top off. And he had tore the top off the milk jug, and he's just pouring milk in that cup and it's just running all over the kitchen, and he is giggling like you ain't there. It's the funniest thing he's ever seen. He's like, <laughs> he looks up at his daddy, and he's just like, <laughs> ain't this cool? That's why he had that look on his face. He said, it's just milk everywhere and just boiling over this cup. He said, my first instinct was I grabbed that boy up by, the, by his rear end, and I was getting ready to tear him up. And he said, God spoke to him, spoke to him and said, son. Look at what's happening here. He says, What you call waste, I call overflow and blessings. He said, This kid's trying to teach you how you should be looking at your life. What we call waste, he calls favor. When you see somebody that has a, a nice car, And then their spouse pulls up in another nice car. Guard your heart. Because you'll say to yourself, well, do they really need two nice vehicles like that? Is that, that's just, that's a little. What's that word y'all use? Bougie. That's a little bougie. Huh? Wait a minute, wait a minute. First of all, you don't know what it took to get those two vehicles. You don't know the price it took to to get those two bigger. On the good side, on the bad, on the back side, you don't even know they might be about to get both of them repossessed. You don't even know. So, here's the reality: you can't judge somebody's blessing as waste because you don't know what God is doing in their life. And what you call waste or too much, God may just say they got favor on them. Huh? Hey. Last thing, last thing. Close number six. Number man. I'm a man. So that's got to mean something, right? I'm a man, number six. Write this down. Say this with me. My God is a God of excess and access. See, favor will give you proper access that will bring you access. Oh, you didn't hear me. See, God, favor will put you in the presence of people that can provide things for you that education, money, name, qualifications could never get you. Favor is what brought Edie Hand into our lives. Favor brought her into our lives and put on her heart to bless us. Favor is what caused me in the big picture to stop on a video and watch Bishop Clint Brown one night do a video and tell my wife I'm flying to Orlando to meet this man. I just want to shake his hand and give him a copy of my book and maybe he'll read it one day, whatever. And I was done with that. it would have been enough for me, for me to walk, be sitting there in a room And he had never met me, never heard of me whatsoever. There's a room full of pastors. Favor says to to me in my life, it's time for this man to be in your life because he has access to things that you need. He walks in the room with his wife. I've never seen him in person in my life, never even knew what his wife looked like. They're walking down the center aisle in the middle of all these other pastors. Only one pastor he stops at. He stops at at me, puts his arm around me and says, hey, brother, good to see you. What's your name? And I told him. He shook my hand. It started a process to where within weeks, this man was speaking into my life and has, and has given favor over my life like I've never seen in my life. Nothing I did to achieve it. It was just pure favor. You better get a revelation of favor. Closing number seven is this. The Lord is my shepherd. You ever heard that? go back and read Psalm 23 and instead of reading it just as a a psalm that's the most famous psalm of David the psalm of protection understand that Psalm 23 is a psalm of favor he makes me to lie down in green pastures he leads me beside still water even though death is all around me though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death though I walk, he could say it this way through the valley of COVID-19 and a pandemic, you are with me. Huh? That's what favor will do. Favor will do more than a mask. No, I'm not preaching against masks. Wear your mask. But favor will do more than a mask. Because here's the reality. One day they're going to be able to tell you, probably, who knows, may not ever come. But one day they're going to probably say, you ain't got to wear a mask in public anymore. When that day comes, let me tell you something. You're going to still need something to protect you not just from a virus, from, from the enemy that is the ultimate enemy. Somebody say, my new, my new normal is favor every day. Get up on your feet right now and give him a praise all over this house. Hallelujah! Father, I bless everybody today. I pray over this offering. Whatever gift that people have to give to sow today, God, I bless that it will come forth in their lives 30, 60, 100 fold. God, whatever they sow, that shall it also. they also reap. That is your promise of favor. Thank you for the word today. Thank you, Lord, for the receptivity of the people. That they have opened their hearts to receive the word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. You can bring your offering down. Have a seat. Don't leave yet. We're going to do the announcements, and then we'll dismiss you. Bring your offering down if you've got your tithing offering today. If you're watching online or you'd like to give right there where you're at, you can give at solidrockgive.com. You can give on our app. If you've downloaded our app, or you can just give. Text any amount to 84321. 84321.